This is the What's a Rolfie Podcast. What is up, all you cool cats and kittens? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, remember that uh, that uh, the show, um, like, what was it? Uh, Tiger King? <laughs> Dude, that was the most amazing um, that was the most amazing amount of entertainment that I had with like what, 10, 10 episodes they had. <clears throat> it was amazing. Hey, welcome. It is Monday. It's a uh, second podcast in and uh, here we are. Hit record again. Why not? Uh, and so um, on my last podcast, I started off with kind of just laying out what I was possibly intending to do with this thing. But um, so and part of that was the very beginning, I stated that, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be about the drive to work. And, and afterwards I watched that and I was like, what the hell is I even saying? But today I was driving my four-year-old to preschool and, <laughs> and I don't know if you guys have this pet peeve, but when people don't use their blinkers, oh my God, it rumbles my brain more than anything possibly more than anything else on earth is when people use their blinkers i don't know what it is i think that as human beings we are all like programmed to um you know have some sort of you know like little glitches right things that like fuck you up and and you know if you have a partner excuse me if you have a partner that doesn't understand that glitch, like it ain't going to work because it's just like in your brain and it's just like this synapse um, is not firing correctly or it fires too much. Well, maybe it fires too much when somebody doesn't use their blinker <laughs> for me. So I'm driving along and my four-year-old is extra chatty today. And she's just like, daddy, this daddy, that asking me a million questions. Why is it cold? Why is it hot? Why is the sun so yellow? Whatever. And so I'm sitting there talking to her. So I'm, you know, obviously driving. So I'm paying attention. And then all of a sudden this car right in front of me, just not only turns right, basically right in front of me, but just like slowing down slowing, slowing, slowing. And as I'm a 38 year old man, I've been driving since I was 16. So you do the math. Uh, and so I, you, you kind of like understand what people are thinking and when they're driving, and I hope that you drive defensively. I always tell my kids, you're always going to drive offensively defensive. Um, but anyways, uh, so this car is slowing down and I'm like, they're making a right-hand turn. They're making a right-hand turn and I'm listening to my four-year-old chit chat and sing, but at the same time in the back of my brain, I'm going, this person better not make a right-hand turn. And I don't know about you guys, and I'm not for road rage. My wife thinks that, you know, I, I might, um, instigate some, I, I never start it. Like I would never get up next to somebody and roll down my window and flip them off and say, fuck you or whatever. Um, but what I do do. There's two things that I'll talk about real quick. <laughs> I will get as gosh damn close to that car as I can because it's like, dude, just let me know you're making a right hand turn, right? I mean, I know you are because you're slowing down, but when you just abruptly make a right hand turn without using your blinker and when you've been slowing down for 300 yards, it's just like so fucking rude. <laughs> like you might as well just say, fuck off, buddy. I don't give a shit about you. I'm just going to make a right-hand turn. 
Because like, what other reason did they make blinkers for? They obviously obviously made them for a reason. Oh my god! And then what was the second thing about driving? Oh my god, it's gonna have to come to me. But anyways, um, craziness. It's Monday. Uh, it's actually my birthday uh, week. So why not? My birthday's on Wednesday. So drop me uh what up, and I'll say what up back. <laughs> Um, I got no plan for this uh, second podcast. You know, the kids are still uh, at, at uh, on winter break. They've been on break for like, feels like three months, um, which is actually kind of nice just because they didn't have a very long summer. So they're out playing with their friends. So they get this last day and they go back tomorrow. But the teachers, they get, you know, this extra day today to get, get ready for the kids, I guess. I, I don't know. I'm not a teacher. But if you are a teacher out there, a, I think you guys should get paid millions of dollars because it is B, the hardest job. It's got to be one of the hardest jobs in the world. You know, and, I, and it's funny, people, I have these conversations with teachers typically, and I always praise them and just be like, man, you guys, that's got to be so hard to wrangle. When I was in elementary school, I had like 30 kids in our class. My kids fortunately have less than that. I think it's like 20. So that's kind of cool. But to wrangle 20 second, first graders, whatever it is, high school kids going through puberty and telling you to fuck off and you can't hit them, <laughs> like you can't hit them back, like, I don't know if I could do that. That would be extremely difficult. And in my job, I have to deal with um, drunk people. Those are probably my number one most hated call. The Friday night, I'm working downtown, and a call goes out at a bar at two at one o'clock in the morning. Like we all just look at each other and we're like, "Okay, we know this is gonna be shitty. <laughs> Let's just take a deep breath, you know." Because by the time we get there, the cops are typically there, and we work with the most amazing cops. Um, we have a great relationship with them, um, but you know they're still cops, so they. They like to get people more riled up. <laughs> and so we come in there and, you know, there's people typically, I think I've used the word typically like eight times already today. I'm going to try not to. There, There's people already, you know, they're bleeding and they're just drunk and they're like, you know, flinging their arms around and they're just like, no, no, you know, and that's like, oh my God, like there's one guy. Uh, and, then, um, I won't mention any businesses, but we were at a bar and they, they were from, were from out of town. So they were, uh, visitors as we like to call them, um, or as anybody would like to call them. And so they were there and you could tell these guys were here for a fight. Like they came into this town to have a few drinks and then fight. And so they get there. It's two in the morning, one forty-five, two in the morning. We get there, we show up and it's on this busy street, Coast Highway, okay? We're on a busy street, we're blocking it, and we've got literally an eight-person brawl. There's chicks pulling hair, there's dudes socking each other, there's a guy on the side of the, the on the sidewalk, literally gorked out, just, you know, you know, and bleeding from the head, and then he wakes up, and he's like, all of a sudden, the Hulk, like somebody just like injected him with some Epi or something, and he jumps up, he's all green, long black hair, and just, you know, and we're all just going, dude, I just woke up. <laughs> like, I don't need this in my life. 
And so that's, of course, our perspective, right? We come in and we're like, okay, everybody, can't we all just get along? You know, fuck you, bro. Fuck you, sis. Pulling hair. And so finally the cops are amazing cops. Get all these people subdued. Use that word subdued. They subdued them. But there's this one guy. And so I was in charge of this one guy and he was just irate, irate. And just, and so I had to like basically get like this close to his face. And I go, look, dude, I go, do you want to leave here? And he's like, yeah, man. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, you're going to need to settle down. And so somehow, so a big part of our job is trust. And you have to get people that have no clue who you are to trust you. And so like, that's, that's actually a very big part of our job, whether it's somebody that's drunk or not, because we're walking into people's houses and they don't know who we are. Obviously we were invited, but, um, so anyway, so I've got this guy, we pull him into the back of the, in the back of the ambulance and he's got literally a three or four inch gash, full thickness gash on, on his forehead. Don't know how it happened. And he's yelling uh, from the back of the ambulance. I finally get him to settle down. And um, I told him, you don't need to go to the hospital. Because sometimes you just got to like a little white lie just to move the game along. That's all part of being a paramedic is moving the game from A to Z. But sometimes you got to go A to C and then D to G and then G to Y and then Y to Z. That's our job. And so we get him in the back of the ambulance. (laughs) And God, I've already said it four times. I love our cops. Okay. But there's a point when we have a transfer of patient or transfer of command and I'm in the back of the ambulance. I, and I, I now have this dude trusting me who's wasted drunk and probably on drugs. And the cop from the back of the ambulance goes, Hey, which hospital is he going to? And the guy freaks out. I wish I had video of it. In fact, there's probably body cam footage of it. Freaks out, starts flinging his arms around. There's blood flying everywhere. And then I grab him and he he looks at me and it was like Petey from the last episode, from my last podcast. He He's like, I trusted you, man. I trusted you. You said you were, I wasn't going to have to go to the hospital. And I was like deflated. You know, like at, at one point I wanted to just to choke the guy out. The second point, I wanted to look at the cop and be like, get, get, that's what I did say, get out of here. You're like, shut the doors. And so anyways, so another PD moment, but this is with actually a human being. So anyways, long story short, uh, I told him, Hey bro, you got a four inch gash on your head and you're going to need stitches and you're not answering all my questions properly. We're going to the hospital. So you can imagine how that ride went. And so we went to the nearest hospital, which is like 10 minutes away. I don't even know how I got onto that conversation, but um, driving. Yeah. So, um, so I told you in the last podcast that, and if you went like, what's he going to be talking about driving to work or driving to school? A lot of like, you know, weird shit happens, I guess. And I'm still trying to figure out or think what that second pet peeve of was mine. But my biggest one is the blinker. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, uh, anyways, uh, took my boy to baseball. How many of you guys have kids that play sports? is seriously like the raddest thing. Like if you can think back and I'm in my thirties, I think I've already said that I'm 38. So if you're about my age or even older, whatever, and you remember your kids being in rec sports and doing travel ball and, um, club soccer and volleyball and whatever it is, doesn't matter. 
it's like the coolest thing ever. And I've already mentioned that I wanted to have this guy, Steve on from Jedediah coffee. Cause, uh, he's got all the coolest uh, knowledge about coffee, but I would also love to have my son's coach on the podcast. And I bet he would, I bet he would. He, it, he is by far the man that has the highest baseball IQ for coaching I've ever met in my life. And so, which is really cool because we've stumbled onto him and, um, we've had a lot of awesome coaching from the time that Owen was six years old up. Uh, I was fortunate enough to, uh, be able to, you know, coach him through wreck and, um, through some pony stuff. And we had a great time. It was super fun. We've fallen off of, um, that team uh, unfortunately. And so now we, uh, are with this other team and this coach is just, uh, amazing. And I got to remember, I wrote it down and I, because I was having a conversation with him and, oh yeah. So he, so not only is this guy, his main coach, but he also does, um, private lessons, batting lessons on Saturdays. And so he says, it's, hard to get the kids. And this is like so relative to everybody to even like adults. It's hard to get the kids to understand that they're doing enough. Like the human body, the human instinct always wants more. And so I'm like, Oh my God, dude, that that's so true. And maybe for you guys, you're like, Oh yeah, duh, Rolfie. Like, <laughs> but for me, I don't know that kind of blew my brain a little bit because you just don't think about it. And when it was told to me and his coach said that, he's like, it, you, you, your swing is, is perfect. Your swing is good. You're not swinging too hard. You're not swinging too light. You're, you're hitting the ball just fine, but you always want more. Like, and that's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing in a lot, in a lot of ways for life, you know, like always be progressing, you know, always get better. Um, and you're never going to have the perfect swing. So I should take that back. Like you're never going to be perfect at anything. There's always room for improvement and that goes for everything. So, but I don't know. I wrote that down as I was having a conversation with him and, uh, his dad worked with Tony Gwynn and a whole bunch of other baseball players. Um, and so I thought it was really cool that he had said that. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. I mean, among a hell of a lot of other things that he had talked about too. So, but here we are. What are we doing this week? Um, so I'm going to try to do two podcasts this week. I'm going to do one today and then, but we might go camping like spur of the moment. I told you last, uh, podcast that I had a trailer and, um, so we didn't get to use it. I think we used it one time last year. Horrible, like horrible. And it goes along with the lines of like, if you don't put something on the calendar, like it's not going to happen. Like, right. It's not going to, it's just not going to, if you want to go somewhere and you don't ever write it down or schedule it, it's not. And that's like, of course, but you know, it's, it's true. Like if you don't actually write it on your calendar, it's never going to happen. And that was true for us on the trailer. And so I said, Hey, it's my birthday. I want to go to this, this, um, lake. It's a local. So within like, I don't know, eight miles from my house and just do like a home base. So just set up the trailer like four or five nights and then just use it as home base. I've got to come home. Like, great. You know, I thought that'd be kind of cool. Well, it's supposed to rain tomorrow and you know how Californians are with rain. Like, uh, uh. so I'm thinking about maybe doing it actually on my birthday on Wednesday. So do Wednesday, Thursday night and then come home Friday. So, but it's funny. The kids have had off for, um, shit, like two and a half weeks. So the week before 
Christmas, they had like Thursday, Friday, then they had the week of Christmas off and then the whole next week and today. And so, um, they've just been running around and I don't know where it's going with that, but anyways, um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> where was I going with that? I got to take more alpha brain anyways. Uh, so, um, we were going to go have fun, uh, on the trailer Wednesday and Thursday night. Um, but yeah, we love that thing going out, making memories with the family, uh, goes right along with, uh, watching our kids play sports. Um, it's the most amazing thing. Like you just become so, and they can be horrible, but you, as long as they're out there and they're enjoying it and they're having fun and you know, they're doing playing to the best of their abilities, um, or close to it, you just feel like this overwhelming sense of pride, you know, or you're so proud of your kids. I always tell my kids that. I'm a tough parent. I'm very strict. My wife is, eh, she can be at some points, but she's the more nurturer. And then, so we work really well together, but I'm, I'm like a zero tolerance, even with a four-year-old. And a lot of times my wife will say, she's just four. And I'm like, yeah, but she's going to be 16 one t- at one, some point. <laughs> and so I, I'm like, we're planting the seed. Okay. I'll plant it. You water it and we'll be good to go. Oh my God. Uh, that, that brings uh, me to a, just like a quick story. <laughs> so, so my buddy, John, I mentioned him last podcast who I work with great friend at work and outside of work, of course, but his, his, uh, one of his things is, uh, you water your tree, I'll water mine. <laughs> so I was at the, uh, I was at the store one time when, with my kids and I love, and it doesn't happen to me very often, actually. I would have thought that it would happen more. You know, before I had kids, if I had to do like an over-under on how often somebody would tell me what I should do or say to my kids, I thought it would be more. But they don't. But there was this one time we were at the grocery store. We were in line checking out. And can I have this? Can I have that? And I'm just like, no, no. Like, you don't just get stuff. You know, like you got to earn it. And somebody behind me goes... Oh, just one piece of candy's not going to hurt dad. And it wasn't like a, like a big smile on her face. You know, it was like a full Karen short hair. Like, like one's not going to hurt him, you know, like, like, like it's there, like it's her kid. And I turned around and John was just screaming on my, on my shoulder. I got a lot of people on my shoulders and I looked at her and I was like, you water your tree. I'll water my lady. And she looked at me like damn. Like she, she was just stunned. She did not like it. She did, but she also didn't want to engage either. Like she was just like stand down mode. Um, very displeased with my attitude towards her, but, uh, that's how it goes sometimes. So I'm very proud of my kids though. They're, they're exceptional. I've told you, I told you that in my last podcast, like everything that my kids do in, in life is exceptional. And I'm, I think that's amazing. You know, I think you just, I'm not a helicopter dad, I'm like, I've always explained myself as like a free range dad, uh, free range parent, uh, let your kids go, but you keep your, like, keep your one eye on them. And as soon as they F up, dude, they got to know about it. But on the contrary, every time my kids, which is a lot do amazing things, it's, Hey, I'm so proud of you. Hey, you're doing a great job. Keep it up. Hey, how are you doing? How's everything going? You know what I mean? So maybe, um, like a duh moment, but I think it's a cool moment to be honest with you. So, Hey, um, are you a book reader? This just popped into my head. This is how it works. This is how this podcast is going to work. When I have nobody else to, uh, talk to me, this is kind of weird. Um, 
I just, I've been reading Malcolm Gladwell. So when I got sick, when I had, I had a heart attack in, in October. If you didn't watch the first podcast, I was in the, the hospital and I had this like feeling, I'm like, man, I, I want to read more books. And now I have a little bit of time to do it. And so uh, I told my wife, she's like, you want anything? I'm like, yeah, can you go to Target and just give me a book? And she happened to bring back Bomber Mafia, the book Bomber Mafia, written by uh, Malcolm Gladwell. And is all about mostly like World War II uh, era um, combat and stuff like that. Uh, my buddy's birthday today that I work with. Uh, anyways, um, happy birthday, Jeff, if you're listening. Um, and And... I didn't know anything about planes. I wasn't even really that interested in it when she brought it. I'm like, oh, I've heard of Malcolm Gladwell, 10,000 hours. Everybody's heard of that. And if you haven't, go get it. It's um, I read his next book. I read um, Outliers, which has the 10,000 hour um, concept. And this isn't a book reading club, but it was just fun to, um, to get into more books. I read uh, Bomber Mafia. I read, um, dude, talk about sports. Sorry. Squirrel. Uh, you got to read, um, uh, Matheny manifesto. Oh, dude. If you are a parent, a current parent, um, you will love this book that uh, if you're a current parent that has kids in sports and you have this unruly, or maybe you are the unruly parent, the one that thinks it's okay to yell at the umpires and that are there for free, by the way, um, because your six-year-old's uh, baseball game, like you're going to remember that when they're in college, right? The two cents trophy that, that he won, you're, you're going to remember that, right? Um, no, you're not. And so don't yell at umpires. There's a whole chapter on yelling at umpires. But how this came about was Mike Matheny, uh, if, ever, if anybody knows, was a catcher in Major League Baseball. And uh, he played for the Cardinals. Uh, he got drafted. Dude, this is where my memory sucks, and I need somebody on the other side that's read this book too to spur my all my thoughts and remind me of where this came from. But he was a kid, grew up in the um, suburbs of of, of uh, Columbus, Ohio, and dad worked a shit ton. Blah 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 blah. Um, anyways, he uh, he made it through you know his his childhood years, but he he wrote this. This manifesto is what it came uh, came up to be. They they called it, and the way that it came out was that his son needed a coach, so his son's team, and so all everybody goes like, "Up, oh, Mike can coach," and Mike's like, "No, you don't want me to coach your kids. Trust me, trust me." And they're like, "No, of course we do. You know, you're a major league catcher for the St. Louis Cardinals, and you're you're uh, a coach, you know, for the Cardinals, and one of the best ever." And uh, he's like, no, trust me, you do not want me to coach your kids. And they said, yes, please, please. And he goes, okay, I'm going to go home. I'm going to write up a little letter and I'm going to give you the letter. And then after you read the letter, if you still want me to coach your kids, then I'll think about it. And so he goes home and he writes this, I think it was like a four page letter to the parents. And, and it basically stated, you're not going to talk during games. You're not going to coach your kid. You're not going to talk to your kid. You're not going to talk to the umpires. We're going to talk to the umpires. We're the coach. And if you can't follow my rules, and this is all within like four pages of him, like, you know, a diatribe of how he grew up and blah, 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 blah. It's a really good paper. And so somebody leaked it and they called it the Matheny manifesto. And so obviously everybody loved it. All the parents were like hesitant, although they were accepting 
And so they took that and they were like, yeah, coach our kids. We want this type. And then of course, you know, he's amazing. So he built a freaking franchise out of it and, uh, him. And I think it was, I don't remember if it was his dad or whatever, but anyway, so the Matheny manifesto is all about unruly parents. Like just know your fucking role, sit down in the bleachers and be proud of your kids for what they're doing. Don't be yelling at them. Um, don't coach your kids during a baseball game. It's never going to help anything. Uh, if you don't understand, uh, scoot back in the box, in the box. And his whole mentality, his philosophy is that your kid already is putting a shit ton of pressure on him or herself during a baseball game, right? And they're walking up to the plate or they're walking out to the mound to pitch or they're going to second base or center field, whatever it is. And they're already in their minds don't want to fuck it up. They already know you're standing there. And so when you go, go get them, Johnny, Johnny, Timmy, go get them, you know, like swing hard. They that just puts more pressure on them in the moment and more pressure for them to fuck up. Now, some of you might say like, no, it's good for them to have the pressure, right? Look at Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods had pressure on him from the time he was like a freaking five years old. His dad was throwing pennies and tees at him in his backswing. But that's an anomaly, in my opinion. For my kid, I don't say shit during the games. During practice, I don't say shit until afterwards. I always give one good piece and one thing or two things that he can work on. And that's just according to what the coach was saying. I'm not his coach. And so I'm just his cheerleader. You know, so, um, be proud of your kids. Matheny manifesto, really good book, especially if you are a, um, if you're a parent now that has a kid in any sport. And I've heard these nightmare stories about, you know, these eight year old soccer games and it's like a beehive mentality, right? There's no positions. These kids are just out there to run and have fun. They're half, you know, their, their shin guards are half falling off and, and there's guys yelling at the referees stating that they don't know the rules. <laughs> it's like, like, dude, my kid's eight years old. I just realized I forgot coffee. Damn it. And so anyway, um, Matheny manifesto is really good. So, and then what else did I read? I read bomber mafia. I read, um, there was another one. Oh, uh, raising men. Oh yes. Dude, this is, I think his name is Chris Davis. In fact, I'm going to look it up because I don't want to fuck it up. So my buddy that I work with, he's my captain at work, really good friend, of course. This is a different one than John. This is Chip. I'll give a, a, a shout out to Chip. Um, and um, Raising Men, it was written by um, a Navy SEAL named Eric Davis. And um, awesome. And it, it's a little over the top. So if you've if you've writ, read... Uh, books that are written by Navy SEALs. I mean, I mean, I'm going to say Goggins. I haven't read any of his books. I've just heard. And, and not that I'm not, I'm a very competitive person and I, I want the best. I want to play the best. I believe that to be the best, you have to beat the best. But when you, and you're like out there and you're running like 300 miles barefoot with, and you're like feet are falling apart and whatever else, I don't know. It's just too much for me. So raising men is a little bit on the too much side for me, but I still like the narrative that he has. It's like, make your boy a man. Right. And I just think that this day and age, we are losing that a little bit. 
And so, um, I don't know. I thought Raising Men was a really good uh, book. Uh, like I said, you're going to get a little hoorah in there, um, which will get you jacked up a little bit, you know? Have fun with it. Don't, don't like dwell on, you know, like, oh, this guy's a seal and, you know, like you don't have to be like Eric Davis, be yourself, but take some of the, you know, the, the philosophy and the points that the, the, the teaching moments, the character building moments that he does with his kids, like takes them out rock climbing and they're always doing something and they're always competing. And I'm always going to say that because, you know, like that's how I, that's how we roll too. So there's some like gnarliness going on in my garage right now. We have an electric water heater and the thing like gets pretty loud. Oh, I know what it is. Oh, it's trash day. <laughs> well, there it goes. Perfect. I only took 30 minutes to do this, uh, you know, and of course the freaking guy comes right now. We, our trash man always comes at like between six and six thirty in the morning. And I, when I got home from taking my kid to school this morning, I noticed that they hadn't been picked up yet. And I'm like, I'm like, I know that if I start a podcast right now, that he's going to come right during it. And here we are. <laughs> oh, maybe you can't even hear it. It's really loud in my, in my ear, but yeah, you can hear it. <laughs> so anyway, uh, good. It's been a great, uh, little Monday morning here, folks. Uh, glad that you've tuned in or maybe you haven't. Uh, if you've been with us, as I told you, it's going to keep it about 30 minutes. So I want to do an, um, I, I want to try to do two a week, um, but we're going to have the, um, the sack podcast coming out here in the next couple of weeks. And then the cool fireman podcast I'm doing too. So having a lot of fun with this Sharon. Um, and like I said, you know, this is like, you know, this is kind of like my therapy too. So, uh, had a lot of fun and, uh, happy more, uh, Monday morning to you guys have a great week and, uh, I will see you guys soon. All right. So uh, with that, uh, what's Rolfi says, uh, be good and be safe.